we present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You're welcome to join us today in the fine southern England town of Woking, described by no less an authority than the longer Oxford English Dictionary as a town in southern England. <laughs> in the 16th century, Henry VIII was a frequent visitor to Woking Palace, whom he saw beat West Bromwich Albion 2-0 <laughs> in a thrilling cup tie in 1536. Modern Woking is famously home to the Kenwood Mixer, named after its inventor, Kenwood Mixer. <laughs> life, life was transformed for a generation of young 1960s housewives experiencing the joys of his chopper attachment on the kitchen table. <laughs> Woking is today largely known as a dormitory town, and appropriately enough, we're expecting to see a lot of people sleeping in a large room tonight. <laughs> Let's meet the teams. They are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Kimbrough Taylor and Neil Malarkey. And taking up her scoring position on the desk next to me, please welcome the delightful Samantha. Okay, teams, let's crack on. <laughs> now, there's nothing worse than badly written English to really make my goat boil. <laughs> I say that because our first round is called Worst Sellers. So, your suggestions, please, teams, of book titles that fail to hit the mark. And, Graham, will you start, please? Herman Melville's Dopey Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Women in Hove. Neil. By Sid Lawrence. <laughs> Neil. Virgil's Auntie Enid. <laughs> Zorba the Geek. <laughs> Who's Afraid of Heinz Wolf? <laughs> Alice in Sunderland. The Prime of Miss Anne Widdicombe. <laughs> Satanic Nurses. <laughs> Marcel Proust, Remembrance of Times Pissed. <laughs> Paddy Ashton. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Chatterley's nodding acquaintance. Nineteen eighty three. Well, moving on. I see it's time for the teams to play one song to the tune of another. Now how can I explain this simply? Imagine teams that a tune is like a train, carrying the passengers who represent the words, although these days we have to call them customers. 
The passengers or customers who are the words might get off the train, say, for example, to get on the bus, which we call another tune. So you can easily see that while the bus represents a different tune, it could still carry the same passengers. <laughs> or customers. Or in this case, the words. Now, I can see by the expressions on your faces, teams, you're wondering about the obvious question. What effect does transport privatization have on this? <laughs> well, it means that it's actually become impossible to swap the passengers over, because now the bus leaves ten minutes before the bloody train even arrives. <laughs> And talking of carrying people who are going nowhere, I noticed Colin Sell has arrived at the piano again. <laughs> right, we'll start with you, Tim. I'd like you to sing James Brown's big hit, Papa's Got a Brand New Bag, to the tune of Danny Boy. <laughs> oh, come here, sister, Papa's in the swing. He ain't too hip about that new breathing. He ain't no drag. Papa's got a brand new bag. Come here, Mama, and dig this crazy scene. He's not too fancy, but his mind is mighty clean. He ain't no drag. Papa's got a brand new bag. He's doing the jazz. He's saying the fly, don't play him cheap. Cause you know he ain't shy. He's doing the monkey, the mashed potato, jump back, Jack, see you later. Alligator. <laughs> Okay, Neil now, would you please sing the words to the theme from Ghostbusters to the tune of Greensleeves? I'll do my very best. If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who you gonna call Ghostbusters? If there's something weird and it don't look good, who you gonna call Ghostbusters? I ain't afraid of no ghost. I ain't afraid of no ghost. If you're seeing things running through your head, who can you call <laughs> okay, Barry, I'd like you to... Oh, wait a minute, I'll amend that. Barry... <laughs> Second talk. Second If talk. you must I'll... sing the words of the Tom Jones song, you can leave your hat on to the tune of Scarborough Fair. <laughs> Baby, take off your coat real slow. Baby, take off your shoes, I'll help you. Take off your shoes, baby, take off your dress. Yes, 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 you can leave your hat on. 
you leave your hat on. You can leave your hat on. Go over there, turn on the lights. No, all the lights come back here. Stand on the chair. And finally, Graham, would you sing the words of Meet the Gang from It Ain't Off Hot Mum to the tune of the beautiful Sky Boat Song? Meet the gang, cause the boys are here. The boys to entertain you. Lovely boys. Lovely boys. Laughter to help you on your way. Raising the rafters with a hey, hey, hey The songs and sketches, the jokes old and new With us about you won't feel blue So meet the gang, cause the boys are here The boys who entertain you Lovely boys are here to make me I was queuing in my local newsagents recently behind 17 people who weren't going to win the lottery that week <laughs> when my eye fell upon the amazingly wide range of celebrity interview magazines. One area that's been inexplicably overlooked by the likes of Hello magazine is the celebrity funeral. But with this in mind, with this in mind, we're launching Goodbye magazine. I'd like you, and I'd like you, please, teams, to suggest articles, photos, captions, and other showbiz funeral-related items that might fill the pages of our first edition. Graham, any ideas? Um, yes, history corner, a photo caption. Lazarus, seen here sharing a joke with a bearded stranger. And his own funeral reception. Tim. Oh, we have a report here of the funeral of squadron leader Jumbo Big Ears uh, McPherson. And he spent five years, in fact, in Stalag Luft 47. And the picture here is of the mourners shuffling round the grave, dropping soil down their trouser legs. <laughs> lovely, lovely piece. Very moving. Sorry? Woking was in mourning today with the news of the death of the local resident World Hokey Cokey champion. <laughs> Unfortunately, it took them three hours to get him in the coffin. <laughs> Uh, at the funeral of Marcel Marceau, mourners held two minutes noise. <laughs> In Florida, multiplex cinema pioneer Harry Goldman passed away peacefully last Friday. His funeral will be on Tuesday at 2.30. 4.15, 6.30 and 8.15. <laughs> In Bradford, contortionist Reg Gridley died in his own arms. <laughs> At the uh, funeral of Bill Gates, the coffin went down eight times. 
Rather sad picture on page eight of a gravestone. Here lies Geoffrey Archer. <laughs> and uh, here's the headstone of Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead. Thanks very much indeed. <laughs> There's a Buddhist stone here. Bye for now. <laughs> oh, oh, this is rather sad. I, I don't know how I can cope with this. Frank Dobson's headstone. The call came down from up above, but Frank was out of luck. <laughs> when Tony said he had to run, we couldn't... Someone's standing in the way, I can't read it. <laughs> Right, it's time now to play the game called Mornington Crescent. But first, I noticed from the Mornington Crescent electronic in-basket that we've received an email from a Mrs. Trellis of North Wales. It says, Dear Mr. Whiteley, Enter, Control, Alt, Delete, Bugger. Yours sincerely, Mrs. Trellis. <laughs> okay, on with the game. And as it's the start of a brand new season, with the teams fresh from their layoff, we'll play to original standard rules, considered by many to be the purest form of the game. So, we'll be starting at Allgate East and moving sequentially and in order. And remember, Rule 12 no longer applies. 12? Okay. 12? It no longer applies at all? No longer applies, no. Right, okay. Forget it. Forget it altogether. <laughs> Put it out of your mind. But it's well, 12. It, yeah. Tim, will you start? Don't be only to worry. It, it, it doesn't apply. Uh, no, sorry. Is 12A still in force? That's, uh, 12A is still in force, of course. <laughs> that makes a slight nonsense, though, doesn't it? Because hmm. it's a negative of the, of the original one. Tim's right. Yeah. Well, no, rule 12A is rule 12 no longer applies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. He's right. So we go from Allgate east or west. Bearing in mind that I've got a gig in Hull on Thursday. <laughs> Tim, will you Which start? Which very please? few people in Hull are bearing in mind. <laughs> so Allgate is so uh, Baker Street. Oh. Clapham Junction. Dollis Hill. Dollis Hill is quite good, isn't it, for a, a young'un? Very um, good. No, no, Euston Square. Nice, nice. Dear, oh dear. <laughs> oh, you've been off too long. Finchley Central. No, no, no. Good Street. Careful. Hounslow Central? Did you not read that book I sent you? Hounslow Central is pathetic, isn't it? Um, Islington. Yeah. Gizzik. What? Gizzik. Gizzik or Gizzik? Gizzik. Yes. Gizzik with a J. Eating <laughs> Broadway. Totteridge and Whetstone. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, oh. Sure, there was. Well, I've got two choices here, haven't I? Yeah. 
It's either Mornington Crow. No, Fairlop. Yeah, Fairlop would do it. Yeah. Oh, 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 sorry. Oh. No, it's got to be Metropolitan, so I suppose it's Ricelip Manor. Mornington Crazy! No, wait a, wait a yes. minute. Um, rule 12. I beg your pardon? Doesn't apply. No, it doesn't apply. I don't know why you raised it. <laughs> now, in, in fairness, in fairness, we may have won, but rule 12 does state that the first person to say Mornington Crescent wins. <laughs> OK, well, let's move on. It occurred to me quite recently how ill-served today's theatre-going public can be. About five minutes ago, actually. <laughs> Down the years, certain scenes or entire plays have lost the sense intended, thanks to misinterpretation by generations of theatre directors. Most fans of the stage have no idea, for example, that Waiting for Godot was originally set in a restaurant. <laughs> Henry Higgins' line, By George, I think she's got it should in fact be spoken in a doctor's surgery. <laughs> Nor indeed that Hamlet's soliloquy, to be or not to be, actually concerned his choice of pencil. <laughs> well, I'd like, you, I'd like you teams to take certain extracts from well-known works and perform them in a completely new style. I shall provide you each with a text and I'd like you to conduct a short masterclass. Barry and Graham, you're going to start. I'd like you to provide us with a new version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame in the style of Enid Blyton. Right. Right. Noddy was happily driving through Paris. Beep, beep. When he heard a bell ringing. It was gendarme plod on his bicycle. <laughs> Hello, gendarme plod, said Noddy. Have you seen my friend Big Hump? May we, <laughs> said John Lamb Plod. He's pulling in the belfry. <laughs> He's warning everybody that the naughty gullies are going to kidnap Esmeralda. I must get there right away, <laughs> said Noddy, <laughs> and whizzed off. Will you stop doing that, said John Lamb Plod. But it was too late. <laughs> Noddy finished up at Notre Dame, zipped up his trousers, and, <laughs> and called out for his friend. Big hump, big hump, so are death, said Big Hump. <laughs> what do you want? Is it true the naughty gollies are trying to kidnap Esmeralda? It's about a quarter past three. <laughs> said Big Hump. Bong. The end. <laughs> okay, it's your turn now, Tim and Neil. Will you provide us with a new version of King Lear in the style of a Looney Tunes cartoon? <laughs> you may actually, uh, you, you can use appropriate sound effects for this one. Thank you. This is the story of King Lear. Who had three gorgeous daughters. One day he had a great idea. 
He would divide up his kingdom among them according to who loved him most. But Cordelia wasn't playing ball, which made the king very angry. <laughs> he was a great dog impressionist. <laughs> the Duke of Kent took Cordelia's side, so the king had him roughed up. <coughs> several times. <laughs> but the king was bored, so he went to visit his daughter Goneril. He arrived the next morning. But Goneril complained about the king staying with her, saying his soldiers made a dreadful racket. So the king left for Regan's house. But she didn't want him either, so the king wandered off onto a stormy heat. It was freezing cold. <laughs> Meanwhile, the king's friend Gloucester took his side, but the sisters were so cross, they pulled his eyes out. <laughs> At this point, chaos broke out. <laughs> and before long, everyone, everyone was dead. <laughs> We have another musical interlude now with the round called Swanee Kazoo. This is where we make merry music by putting together the Swanee Whistle, the Kazoo, and four comedians. Not to mention Colin Sell on the piano. I wasn't meant to read you that bit, incidentally. It was just a note to myself. Actually, Colin was telling us before the show that he once toured Britain with the monkeys. Then Mr. Chipperfield promoted him to the elephant. <laughs> and gave him a bigger shovel. <laughs> Tim and Neil, we'll start with you. I'd like you to provide a rendition of Cinderella Rockefeller with uh, Neil Malarkey on the kazoo and Tim Brooke Taylor on the swanny whistle. Now it's your turn, Barry and Graham. Would you please provide a rendition of If You Were the Only Girl in the World with Barry Cryer on Kazoo and Graham Garden on the Swannies. <laughs>
have brought a tear to the throat and a lump to the eye. <laughs> well, it's nearly time to say goodbye, but not before the teams announce the late arrival at the insects ball. But before they do, Samantha has got to go off early to meet an entomologist friend who's been showing her his collection of winged insects. They've already covered his bees and wasps, and tonight she's hoping to go through his flies. So she... <laughs> So, teams, your late arrival announcements, please, at the ball for ugly bugs and other insects. Will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. B. <laughs> and their rather shabby son, the bum Bill B. <laughs> and who's this? Oh, it's Mr. and Mrs. Keto and their son, Amos. <laughs> and Will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Urinated? And their daughter, Millie. No, that should be Mr. and Mrs. Peed. <laughs> it's cabaret time, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, good heavens, I didn't realise it was that late. <laughs> Introduced by Midge Yore, the Bootleg Beatles, the Flea Degrees. <laughs> Do join in. Peggy Flea singing Larvae or Rose. <laughs> the Crickets. <laughs> the Crickets and their unwell daughter, Sick Ada. <laughs> Will you welcome, please, Peter Salis and his son, Chris? <laughs> Here's Mr. and Mrs. T. <laughs> and their daughter, Ant. <laughs> Will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. T-resistant and their daughter, D.D. And from Coronation Street, let's welcome William Roach and his famous... <laughs> rooster. Not boring at all. Ladies and gentlemen, as the adventurous dung beetle of time spits out the pot noodle of destiny... <laughs> And the toadstool of fate is plucked from the startled toad of eternity. <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show, so from Samantha, the teams, myself and the fine folk of working, goodbye. Tim Brooke Taylor, Barry Cryer, Graham Garden and Neil Malarkey have been given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Patterson and the producer was John Mason. <laughs> Thank you.